Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! Hi, Z. Hi, Z. This week's show is not brought to you by Bob James. He Oh, we accidentally harmonised there. Well, watch out, let's get out on the road. Let's get out there, let's do it. Rachel Corbet, we'll deal with this a little later in the program, but she is in trouble. You've been smacked. <laughs> You've been smacked very publicly, and we'll get to all of that very shortly. But on Saturday night, I broke your heart just ever so slightly when I gave you a phone call that uh, you didn't respond to until the next day. But you know what it was? It was a phone call to say, hey, Rach, guess what? I've got an extra ticket to Fleetwood Mac. Do you want to come? If I see one more post online of people who have gone and seen Fleetwood Mac and said how amazing it was, I will die. You gave me a call. I was at a friend's barbecue and I texted you back. I thought, oh, you know, sorry, I missed you. I was at a barbecue. I'm thinking, oh, we're just going to have a chat. We're just going to have a yarn. You know, you're driving somewhere on a Saturday night. You, you like driving and talking. I thought we were just going to have a bit of a, a chat about something. No, no, no. It was a last minute call up to go to Fleetwood Mac. This is it. Our darling friend, Dan Gennett. Name, and I bought these tickets months ago. We didn't realise we'd bought four. Oh. We'd lost the tickets until literally Friday afternoon when we found them. And then when I turned up on Saturday to pick Dan up, he said, look, we've got four tickets. And I've gone, what? What? We've got two extras. What do we do? What do we do? So I rang your good self. I rang beautiful Jadine Perrett. Only one of you answered. And with a 15-minute turnaround, she was in the car and we made it to the show for an 8 o'clock kickoff. Oh, my God. This could have been you. I know. Now let's just ask one or two questions okay. here. Okay. How far from? Uh, Homebush in Sydney were you on Saturday night? Oh, I was 30 minutes. Okay, all right. So at 7 o'clock, one hour prior, I was in the eastern suburbs when yeah. I made that phone call. How far was I from you at 7 o'clock on Saturday night? A minute. Darling. No. Dar- I would have come past, pick you up, go and pick up Janine. The four of us would have gone, and it was amazing. I'm sorry to rub it in, but it was a fantastic show. Oh, I was- this so much. Moral of the story. Always answer when he calls. <laughs> I, I didn't know they were here. What in my life is happening right now that Fleetwood Mac can be in town yeah. and you bought tickets months ago yeah, yeah. and I genuinely have zero idea they are here until the next day when I see Facebook posts about it. What am I? Am I not? I'm reading the paper every day. Well, this is it. The problem is it all turns up too late and then the things are sold out and you don't know. But I promise you this. Mm. When the next big, you know, what do they call Legendary acts rolls through town. I'll think from a little buddy but we had a ticket for you we just didn't tell you the thing i hate about this though is that we're talking about fleetwood mac here now they've come out what two or is this the third time in in not too many years third time yeah third time they had to cancel because one of them was crook but i'll be honest uh, i think christy mcvee is in her 70s now i don't know if we're gonna see him again this is what i'm sorry to rub this in this is why i fear that i might have missed my great opportunity because the real i mean the reality that they've been out a couple of times in however many years is a big thing but we're getting to the end of the line here. I'll say this though. Christy McVie, nice on the keyboards. Stevie Nicks took a couple of songs to warm up, but she eventually got there. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's warming up, not fantastic. <laughs> Mick Fleetwood, my God. My God, I don't care how old the man is. The man loves hitting those skins. Yeah. Loves it. <laughs> but for me, the star's Lindsay Buckingham. And Lindsay Buckingham is young enough that he'll be back. Mm-hmm. And the version he did of Big Love, oh, oh it was the version that I play all the time. It's the one with just him, an acoustic guitar. Look at how love. I hate you. I love you. You're listening to Paul and Rach. 
Rach, two things that are just sort of media obsessions this week. Can we just simply glance and move past them? The bacon will cause cancer thing. I will just simply say this. It will only cause cancer if you eat nothing else. It's like all of these classic things, everything in moderation is fine. It's not lead paint yet. And I don't know that it needed to be lifted to sort of tobacco level. I couldn't believe that this had been shared as many times as it was on social media yesterday. In other news, gravity makes stuff fall down. Like we know bacon is bad for us. How is this the moment of truth for everybody? But But it's just these things where these little stories that sort of pop up somewhere and everyone loses their collective shit over it because how do I say this? It's easy. Yeah, and it's there's just, nothing else in the news that day. But it's, it's easy, and who's going to come out against it, and who's going to stand up for whatever? But at risk of seeming mildly paranoid, yes. I don't want to say the world's against me. Yeah. But in the past <laughs> week, right, mm-hmm. there was a documentary saying that poker machines are rigged. True. In the past week, unit developments can get together and vote against people who want to smoke in their own homes. Mm-hmm. And now, processed meat's going to kill you. When's the beard attack coming? <laughs> Oh, yeah, the second of these silly uh, media obsessions this week. Yes, 30 years ago there was a movie called Back to the Future and this past week was when we got to the point in time and it was great because we got to talk about Jaws 19. Who gives a shit? (laughs) However, the one thing that I didn't think got enough credit, Mm. the Back to the Future did get right, sleeveless parkas. True. People love the sleeveless parka. It has become something that people wear all day, every day. Somebody out the front, it's f***ing spring. (laughs) And they're still getting around in their sleeveless parkas. So I don't give a shit about hoverboards. (laughs) We got the sleeveless. Parker, the movie was right. Move on. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Listen, we must address the fact that I have been embroiled in my first media feud. Now, little little did you know, but I received the, the text messages and Twitter, and, and God love you, Gavin, who's a very loyal uh, Twitter person, who's immediately sort of said to everyone, hey, guess what? Rach is in trouble. Mm-hmm. She's in trouble with the big dog. <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning of this here. R. Corbet does a regular spot on the Today Show, and this may be of surprise to some people, but Rach finds a joke in everything. (laughs) It's what she does. She will find a joke in everything, and the issue du jour this week that I've been blowing up about, that everyone else has been blowing up about, that I'm sure you yourself find ridiculous, Mm -hmm. is that some overly protective, over-the-top principal in Victoria said to a bunch of Muslim kids, "Uh, look... If you want to leave during the national anthem because it might be culturally appropriate, up and off you go. And why are you doing that to the kids? The whole joy of a migrant population is when the kids roll in, they learn English, and they they realise they're part of something. By stressing difference, all they've done is just make this... Ridiculous, but... The great issue is that on many of these sit-on-the-couch-and-give-your-opinion shows, it is a very 101 straight-to-outrage response. And as you know, knowing me quite well, that bores me. But this is the thing. You know, my experience when I did Sunrise, your experience in doing the Today Show is you want to move it on from the predictable. The idea is to come up with a new angle. So the issue was that it was a month of mourning. The idea was that perhaps kids who were Muslim wouldn't want to sing the national anthem because they're not supposed to participate in joyous events. And my observation was, since when has the Australian anthem been a joyous event? It's 
scoring. Everyone hates singing it. You want kids to be in a month of mourning, let them sit through the national anthem and they are absolutely going to experience zero joy. Hey, we're not talking about the second verse here. Do you and know the third, second verse? There's a third and a yeah. fourth, apparently. I must say, I actually find the words of the second verse a little more in, in, inspiring. What is is it, that beneath our radiant Southern Cross we with something some hands, toil with hearts and hands. Yeah, to make this commonwealth of ours renowned of, of all, all the, the land. land. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this was my issue. However, not too long after that went to air, uh-huh. the delightful and terribly talented Ray Hadley had a crack at me on air because apparently I had not gone hard enough. Apparently I, a woman who he, quote, has never heard of, like, that's a sting. <laughs> uh, pardon me, Ray, but my great dream in life is not to be the person you that met. you know. I thought you had Never met him. Never I met swear him. I introduced you to with an acros. No, never met him. Never okay, met him. Fair enough. Or alternatively, I could have met him and both of us have forgotten, understandably. To, to be fair, though, uh, let's just make this very clear, though. Yes. At the, 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 the Acro Awards in Melbourne, where we won one, yes. he was in attendance. Okay, yes, he so was. So he may attendant. well have seen you accept a trophy. Yeah. Anyway, despite all of these things, this is what he said about me on air. Okay. Someone wrote me an email about this discussion in relation to the dim-witted decision to tell children to leave a hall at a primary school in Victoria when the national anthem was being sung. Michael says, the silly woman you were talking about, her name is Rachel Corbett. Between the four of them sitting there defending the decision of the school, not a single one of them had the simple thought that the singing of the National Anthem has nothing to do with religion anyway. Unbelievable, says Michael. Um, Rachel Corbett, I I apologise, Rachel, you may never have heard of me, but I've never heard of you either. I'm a regular columnist for publications including Mamma Mia, The Telegraph and News.com.au and have developed and led courses in radio podcasting for the Australian Film, TV and Radio School. Have you ever worked in radio, Rachel? She has, has she? Okay. I take it unsuccessfully, given she's now podcasting things for the Australian Film and TV and Radio School. Anyway, uh, if the best we can do on that program this morning was to sit there guffawing um, about the decision not being all that important, perhaps we need a new new segment there. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I made my thoughts well known a little earlier on the Today program this morning, but that's a wonderful thing about living in Australia. It's full of opinions. Everyone's got one just like, you know what... <laughs> I particularly like the music at the end. I also like the fact that he enjoys living in a place where there are opinions as long as they don't differ from his. Okay, hey, 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 hey. Ray's a friend of mine. And I'm not saying it's a Christmas card. I'm not <laughs> pretending it's a Christmas not. card. And I'm not pretending I'm not going to defend my mate here. But, you know. It's certainly not a Christmas card. However, then I do get a partial Christmas card from one of his dear listeners. Now, this is always the problem. And I've experienced this when. So, so let's follow the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. You've heard what happened on television. Somebody has sort of run off and dobbed to Ray mm-hmm. about this awful woman giggling on the television. He's followed up thinking, oh, fair enough, I believe the listener, bang, bang, bang. And then somebody who, again, has not heard what you've said but only heard about what you've said decides to write an email. Here we go. The delightful Tony, I won't say your last name, has sent me an email, subject, national anthem. Message, get stuffed, you dope, okay? Left a shit. How long would a slag like you last in a Muslim, spelt M-O-S-L-E-M, country? Just think about it. I have and you're a f- <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. 
Right, you know, we don't cover uh, international politics and war that frequently on the podcast, and to be honest, it is something that we've been lacking for some time. I do like that you've gonged with the fishbowl on my dining table Actually, also. from now on, this is, this is the introduction. Whenever you hear this, that is the gong of international consequence. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think there is a segment in that. Okay, how's this? Now, as we speak, there's sort of this carry-on. You know how China has just built some islands? Um, love it. They've just gone, you know what? And from here, our territory keeps going. So Chinese. I love it. I yeah, love it. Correct. And it was all sold off the plan, too. <laughs> now, <laughs> the other one is, is that... Now, this has sort of got not a lot of coverage, where Russia, there's some warships, and there are, as we speak, some submarines that have been found floating next to the giant fibre-optic cables that link all of the continents. This is where the internet lives. There are Russian subs just floating around, and the message has now been sent, essentially, from the Russians to the rest of the world. If we want to, we'll just take the f***ing internet off you. No. Now, does that scare you more than an atomic bomb? Pardon my ignorance, Mm -hmm. but what potentially scares me more is that I was unaware... There was a giant cable (laughs) (laughs) under the ocean linking the continents. Isn't it weird? Isn't it everyone? Because you think about it, there's a giant cable that connects you to the phone exchange and this, that, and the other. How did you think it went from country to country? I just kind of hadn't thought about it. (laughs) Imagine the poor bastard's job it was to lay it. I do like the balls of the Russians, though. Yeah, you know, I think there's something. If there's one world leader who's got a pair, the fruits, the fruits on Vladimir, they will take this country. I feel as somebody who often undersells themselves in negotiation, in just general life, especially in terms of underselling my qualifications and my skills. Mm You know, this is something that I definitely feel like I need to work on in my life. Vladimir, while there is much to not be admired, I feel like we could all learn a bit from his chutzpah. But I mean, also, we, he, he knows. What are the Americans going to do? So Russia just gets to walk up and be the giant bully and just go, I'll have your lunch money, thanks, and we'll go, okay. Hence the <laughs> gong of consequence. <laughs> Isn't this, I mean, you can really see this being turned into... A movie, can't you? Absolutely. The marriage of Hunt for Red October and the cable guy, you know? Mixed in with a little bit of Sandra Bullock's The Net. (laughs) This is it. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, I've got a bit of cultural news, P. Murray. Cultural news. I'll have a pickled sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard about the latest... New York restaurant called Pith. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do they sell, or more importantly, not at Pith? Pith is interesting for a number of reasons. First of all, I'll just take you through a few of the menu items. Turnip with brown butter and poppy seeds, lamb with smoked paprika, chocolate chilli popcorn, and red snapper with lemon and herb jam. Now, Pith is actually a restaurant that is operating entirely out of 21-year-old sociology and economics student Joseph Stiglitz's dorm room. (laughs) The issue is, though, that his restaurant is booked out for months in advance and the people that are asking for reservations are people like New York Times food critics. (laughs) He is genuinely, he's got five-star reviews on Yelp. Oh, so what? So what? So is Harry's Cafe de Wheels. (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. 
take a moment just since you mentioned Harry's Cafe to Wheels? Which I like, by the way, but I'm sure everything causes cancer. It's great, but... Remember when that was the creme de la creme of Sydney dining? Yes. There was a time before the restaurant revolution in Sydney when we were sort of really falling behind Melbourne in a major way. Yeah, yeah. Where that was a kind of dining experience. Well, and you go, in a second, it's like Maccas with hot dogs. Well, correct. And the only people, and you know, it was sort of a bit of a famous thing there for a little while. But my, my three favourite photos that are there of famous people who've been to Harry's Cafe de Wheels. One, Richard Wilkins. <laughs> Two, um, Peter Blakely. Who's Peter Blakely? I heard you crying in the chapel. Wow. Okay, he's, he's there. Okay, yeah. I, I think I may have got his name wrong, but the song remains. <laughs> yeah. There was a Blakely person. And the third was there's a picture of Jonathan Coleman that, funnily enough, seems to be updated every six months. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet it's not by Harry's Cafe de Wheels. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, I think I've gone 20 minutes without talking about my kids, so let's correct that now. <laughs> um, oh, Halloween, every oh, yeah. year. You know this is a bugbear of mine. I know. A bit of Seppo bullshit <laughs> that I never understand why. But I keep being told that, you know, when my little one's going to get that little bit bigger, she's going to love it, she's going to go door to door. Can I tell you this? I need this from you as my friend. If ever you hear about the preparations for me to take Asher door to door dressed as a ghost or something, mm. can you please call and say, Paulie? What have you become? No, mm. I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to do it because it's okay. It's an imposition. It is a horrible imposition on your neighbours. But why can't we have a scenario where people put something outside their house to say, okay, I'm up for the Halloween thing if you want to not, like the version of the safety house. Yes. I don't know what it is. It used to be a jack-o'-lantern or whatever. Could we put something out the front of houses so people know that they're up for it? Otherwise, you know, I don't want to knock on my neighbour's front door to talk about replacing a fence. No, Let alone exactly. going and asking my kid to ask for a Milky Way. The idea that you have to go up to people's houses... Mm uninvited. Uh-huh. If you are going to do this, I feel like it is your responsibility to the day before go door to door and idea. hand out lollies. Good idea. Say tomorrow I'll be back. All you have to do is hand these back to my kid. Yeah, That's correct. it. You're not asking them to spend their own hard earned. You're not asking them to go to any effort because who the f's got a time to go to Coles for a bunch of Cadbury favourites after they end work? You go around, you just place your goodies and you can pick the ones your kids want so they're not going to get any of those shitty mint leaves that correct. everybody hates <laughs> and then nobody's disadvantaged. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's also some breaking Halloween news. Breaking Halloween news. Boo. I prefer boo. There's a Pennsylvania grocery store that has decided for the next week Mm. they will not sell eggs to anyone under the age of 18. They've gone, you know what, even though we're probably going to sell more eggs this week than we would in any other time, we know what people are going to do with this, which is throw them at people's houses, for God forbid, not giving strangers candy. Which, last time I checked for the rest of the year... It's really bad. It's creepy. Like, what is the message? On one night a year, you can ask a stranger for candy. Otherwise, be very afraid. You're listening to Paul and Rach. I had a situation this week that I realised was an odd social phenomenon that has occurred since the laying of the giant cable that I'm now aware of under the sea. Could you please not say laying of the giant cable? It makes it seem like there was a very, very large dump. 
that it was taken from one side of the world to the other. I'm really fascinated by this. I'm going to be doing all sorts of Googling when we're finished to try and learn about this. I can't mm-hmm. believe I never really thought about it. Really? I feel like I've always felt that the internet was just like that scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Mike TV where he gets broken up into the <laughs> tiny bits and floats across the room. I feel like that's how the internet works. You just works. think that there's just porn floating in the air. <laughs> this is it. That's, that's actually what that giant haze over Los Angeles is. We're just it's all that homemade pornography. It's a porn mist, right? <laughs> We're wading through this wireless porn mist. And to be honest, I kind of prefer that to the giant cable laid under the ocean. However, <laughs> I was saying goodbye to a woman at one of the publications that I write for. She's one of the editors. She's moving on to a new opportunity. And I heard the news, so I emailed her and we sort of had that back and forth conversation. Thanks for everything. You've been great, blah, 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 blah. And the interesting thing that I thought about this was the fact that we have never met. Oh, what? We met Cyberly. She contacted me to start writing for them. I started writing for them. Every time that I send an email with a pitch, it's to her, or send an article, it's to her. We, by email, you can sort of ascertain whether somebody's nuts or not, or if you throw a few jokes What's wrong in. with this relationship? But this is the thing that It is... means you've never had the bump... Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's the... the gong of consequence. Well, hang on. Something's just happened. <laughs> I don't know what's happened in the world, but be warned. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Oh, I wanted to read a few excerpts from the book of Jaden Smith. Oh, God, why? Why is who's who does the book deal? Nobody's ever going to buy it. It's like half of those political memoirs. You get see all this, everyone writing about it, everyone banging on it, but you know nobody's going to buy it. You've taken this to the logical conclusion, which is that I meant a literal book, which I actually didn't. It's just a few of his quotes. However, oh, the book. Oh, well, then good. <laughs> oh. So we're okay, but I do think that there should be a book of uh, his quotes because what a colossal moron this kid is. Yeah, this is this is entitlement city though. Yes. This is the kid who's been brought up by fabulous mother and father who say you're fabulous and will even put you in movies even though you're shit. Yeah, this is what happens when your mum and dad are famous and you grow up in your fame and you start to believe the hype. Okay, if you had to spend a week stuck in a lift, who would be more annoying? Will or Jada Pinkett Smith? I haven't seen a great deal of Jada Pinkett Smith, but I feel like she could be that I feign uber cool and fine with everything, but really I'm a little Fifty Shades of Could you imagine... Oh, mate, it it would be her a thousand times over. Could you imagine displeasing her? Oh, my God. In any way, shape or form. And I'm just talking about literally walking into the room too loudly. (laughs) She just strikes me as the type of person who would lose her shit if the housekeeper had, God forbid, not refilled the iron properly. Yeah. Are you not using purified water? <laughs> That's my children's socks that you're ironing. Defouling. How could you? That's it. We need to move house. Well, this could be a reason for some of these quotes. When he's asked where he'll be in 10 years, his response is, I've been planning this since I was 13. Mm. No one will know. It'll be kind of like Banksy, but in a different way. More of a social impact, helping people, but... <laughs> Through art installations. <laughs> It'll be like, this just happened that helped a bunch of people over here. We don't know who did it, but these symbols and things were left around. So we can only guess that it's Jaden and the squad. <laughs> <laughs> See, that again is a kid who literally got a round of applause every time he did a poo. <laughs> 
Like, ev- look what you made. Oh, my God. It's just oh, the pennies from heaven. <laughs> Want a bit more? When he's talking about fame, me and Willow, his sister, mm. are scientists. <laughs> <laughs> so everything for us is a scientific test upon humanity. Uh-huh. And luckily, we're put in a position where we can affect large groups of human beings at once. Yeah, I've got a bit of litmus paper here. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a dickhead. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Can I ask a question in celebrity news? Please. Justin Bieber... Mm-hmm. His dad abandoned him as a kid, right? Yes, I think so. But his dad, did you know, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Did you see what his dad said about his PP? It's, his dad said his PP was impressive and that he was, you know, so happy what do you that feed was, that thing? Oh, that is right. That's a quote from yeah. his father. What do you feed that thing? Yeah, it's almost as bad as the quote from Donald Trump where he said that his daughter Ivanka was so impressive that if he wasn't her father, he'd date her. Oh. I mean, oh. really, Donald. But, and you want to run the country, let's be frank. Hot. She is She is hot, oh. but not... In a father-daughter kind of way. <laughs> yeah, well, funny you say that because, I'm sorry, I know we're going to get on to something else here, but there's a story this week mm. that is crazy. Okay. Talk about inappropriate father-daughter stuff. Okay, news.com.au. Bride gives father certificate proving her virginity and hymen was still intact on wedding day. Oh, that is rank. Eyebrows have been raised across the globe after an American bride gave her father a bizarre gift on her wedding day, a framed doctor's certificate confirming she was still a virgin. Freeman who was just 13 years old when she signed a covenant that promised her pastor father she would remain a virgin until she was married. But when the 23-year-old posted a photo to Instagram of herself handing a certificate of purity, which is a document signed by a doctor to certify that her hymen was still intact to to her father on her wedding day, the internet has erupted in incredulous debate. Who's the doctor? How do they check? Why does the dad want to know? Oh, that is all so rank and inappropriate and just weird and odd. Okay, but what about the photo? Look how happy he is. Look how happy she is. My hymen is intact. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. I love this story, Rach. I love it. Because let's be honest, there are some of us who are a little bit sceptical of the world of modern art. Yes. And about, you know, the sort of the trash movement. Mm-hmm. The idea of, you know, this, this pile of trash is all deliberately placed and somebody pays a billion dollars yeah. for it. That somehow if an area looks like somebody broke in and ransacked it, that's apparently art. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I don't know why. but It's absurd. Well, yeah. anyway, there is a museum in Germany where there was one of the rooms that had uh, champagne bottles everywhere, uh, streamers everywhere. It just was a giant mess. That was intentional. So it was a little installation about how amazing the excesses of, I don't know, capitalism, whatever it would be. Right. But what happened? Mm. It wasn't there in the morning because when the cleaners walked up, they went, (sighs) what's wrong with this room? (laughs) (laughs) It literally cleaned it all up and gone, what is this? You know what? That says so much about society. The only people in this world who are logical, normal people are the people that are cleaning up the mess that the rest of us make. Correct. Otherwise, oh, it's... (laughs) Oh, oh, brilliant. How did you ever come up with the idea of knocking over a bottle? Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. I think I found a section of the community that uh, have been overlooked. 
the Asian nail salon woman. Oh, hang on. What? We're now going into bat for her. We're going into bat. You won't attack the school. (laughs) You won't attack a school that is letting, you know, little Muslim kids run off at the singing of the national anthem. Oh, but we're going to go into bat. I know, I know. We're going to go into bat for the nail salon people. Look, they do a fabulous job. But uh, the other day I noticed that there was a woman who runs the nail salon that I go to who is a really sweet, delightful woman. But there is one woman that comes in there quite often. And because I work odd hours of the day and you often see people around, there is a tendency, despite the fact that you are a freelancer and you work at odd times and you're in the nail salon at 10 a.m., to assume, what is everybody doing here? Don't you people have jobs when you see other people out at 10 a.m.? But there is one woman that I'm consistently in the nail salon with and she's one of those busybody know-it-alls. You know, she always has to know what everybody's doing. And I listen to this woman talk to the nail salon girl for 45 minutes just in this monologue about a woman that she works with saying, oh, we go to the same gym, but she catches a cab there and I walk all the way there and then she catches a cab back. She's so lazy and then she just, I mean, she says she wants to lose weight, but then she puts this, that and the other thing on her sandwich and then she complains about why she's never losing weight. And then every time she try, I try to get her to do something, she complains about it. She's so, and on and on and on and on and on it went. And this poor woman, I mean, what are you going to do? You're and she's got to listen to this. How many times there. with how many people on how many days? This is her whole life is listening to people sort of get it off their chest. I feel like we need some kind of shellac-coated ribbon for these women. These, you know, a shellac-coated awareness ribbon for the poor suckers who have to do people's nails and listen to this dump. It's like these people want to go to therapy, but they don't want to pay a couple of hundred dollars for the privilege. This is what I've never understood about the people who seem to have this relationship with their hairdresser. Mm. That their hairdresser is this wonderful person who gives so much advice. Mm. Rah, rah, rah. Now, God love the hairdressers listening to us right now, but what is their qualification <laughs> to help you through life? <laughs> yeah. Like, how is the thinning of one's hair equaling a life coach? Yeah, how can because you can cut a fringe, how does that mean, I mean that you can also counsel me through a breakup? Yeah, it's like, okay. I also find that people it's in... It's like walking up to a parking officer saying, what do you think this scratch means? <laughs> yeah. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Before we go, thank you very much to everyone who jumps onto iTunes, gives us five stars and a review, because guess what? We give you in return a five-star shout-out. Got some great ones this week as that bus in my neighbourhood drives past very loudly. You people <laughs> poor, get a car. <laughs> You're not saving the environment. You're just a poor. <laughs> Unlike me. That's amusing on a number of levels, mostly because of the suburb in which we're sitting. Yes. No one here is poor yeah. except me. <laughs> You're the one renter. <laughs> the one renter. You and the milk drinker are the only two people paying rent here. We are genuinely taking the piss. So a uh, big shout out to SRJ1969. Oh, hello. Hello, who's titled this very stylish potty. I love the way that we're described as stylish. If you could see us now and what we're wearing, you wouldn't say that, but I appreciate it. But good on you for taking on the term potty as well. Exactly. Love that. So he or she has written Humor Galore, a podcast that lets you switch off from life, funny, topical, sophisticated, Mm. and very stylish. Two thumbs up from me. Oh, now I feel nervous when we're about to read a porn (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Second one is from ZSV72, titled One of the Best, Why These Guys Don't Have a Regular show on commercial radio is beyond me. Oh, wait, that's because commercial radio in this country is shit. Oh. Anyone thinking of having a career in radio, listen and learn from these guys. Keep it up, Paul and Rach. Thank you, ZV, ZSV. I do enjoy vague complaints <laughs> that serve as reviews. It's like, I really enjoyed this restaurant because most other ones are shit. 
<laughs> Thank you for listening. I, I appreciate that because it's kind of it's not like we were great. It's just that we were less shit than the rest. Correct. You know, <laughs> which, which, nice. which you know what is probably it's, fair. It's pretty fair. And finally, from Red Geckos, he or she says, "Listening to this show reminds me of being a kid and being invited to the grown-ups table at dinner party. You can't <laughs> contribute. You just listen and learn, and try not to be caught giggling at the naughty bits. Someone sponsor this cool show, please. Excellent advice from Red Geckos." Those are awesome. You've all made it made our days. Thank you, Red Gecko. Oh, and here's just the last one hot off the press. Um, Rachel Corbett, I, I apologise, Rachel, you may never have heard of me, but I've never heard of you either. I'm a regular columnist for publications including Mamma Mia, The Telegraph and News.com.au and have developed and led courses in radio podcasting for the Australian Film, TV and Radio School. Have you ever worked in radio, Rachel? She has, has she? Okay. I take it unsuccessfully, given she's now podcasting things for the Australian Film and TV and Radio School. You're listening to Paul and Rach. We've come to that time. It's the end of the podcast, Rachel's Story Time, where we take uh, the story from Picture Magazine, change the dirty bits, to the code word that this week is going to be... Hmm. Milk. <laughs> it was in the podcast. <laughs> Okay, no, no, I'll change it to glass of milk. Glass of milk, You need okay. to say glass of milk. Okie dokie. Today's story comes from, apparently, Mosman oh. in New South Wales. You, you think so? I have an issue with that for a number of reasons. I'm not sure anyone in Mosman reads Picture Magazine because it's the kind of place where, even though it's spelt Mosman, people say Mosman. Yeah. And I'll be interested to know what kind of kinky stuff, if this is in fact from Mosman, people get up to. So I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. The story is titled, Let's Hear It For The Girls. Okay. <laughs> I knew my girl Shay had a bit of a history, but I didn't mind. In fact, it always turned me on. But when she said an old school friend of hers was passing through town and was going to stay with us, I didn't suspect anything. It just never occurred to me that this chick was part of her wild and woolly past. Mm. But when Julie showed up on our doorstep, I was pretty impressed. She was tall and dark with a massive rack and when she and Shay kissed hello I was sure I saw her a bit of tongue action happening <laughs> anyway we sat up that night glugging the bourbon <laughs> oh, oh yeah sure <laughs> what? just hitting the birds please in Mosman until I went to bed to leave them catching up about 2am I woke up and Shay still wasn't in bed so I went out into the lounge room only to find the two of them naked and glass of milking on the floor <laughs> I stood there for a minute not knowing what to do then Shay lifted her head out of Julie's glass of milk and asked, care to join us? Well, duh. As I chucked off my dressing gown, they manoeuvred around so Julie was kneeling in front of Shay, glass of milking her glass of milk, giving me a great view of her glass of milk poking out between her glass of milk. Fantastic. She was practically glass of milking, so my glass of milk, glass of milked in easy as. Wonderful. (laughs) And she was really glass of milking and glass of milking my glass of milk with her glass of milk. The great thing was, as I was glass of milking Julie, I was looking over her head at Shay, who was glass of milking around from the glass of milking Julie was giving her while she played with her own glass of milk. Best code word ever. (laughs) I remember just in time not to glass of milk my glass of milk inside (laughs) Julie and glass of milked out and glass of milked on her glass of milk. It was cool when she glass of milked around, <laughs> glass of milked it all over, her glass of milked, glass of milks. Oh. We managed a couple more glass of milks before she took off. 
Jeez, it's all going on there in Mosman. See, See you next week. week. You're listening to Paul and Rach.